You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I just dropped the kids off at school. The weather is nice. I got the windows down. They got the whole day ahead of me and it's like it's in it's like it's the 1984 all over again. Panama by Van Halen comes on the playlist, and I'm here I am, nice weather, wind is down, get the whole day ahead of me, and Panama comes on the playlist, and I'm living the dream, <laughs> until I hear Robeline, and, and and that's a small town you may be familiar with here, just outside of Natchitoches, and, and, you, and, I got, and you get pulled over for speeding, I mean, and I'm like, but officer, it's, it's Van Halen, <laughs> you don't understand, it's Panama! And you go from living the dream to living the nightmare, right? Have you ever been there? Like living the like you're living the dream one moment and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm living the nightmare the next. <laughs> what is what is living the dream for you? Think about it. What is what does it mean to be living the dream? We're doing this series we're calling Dream Big, Stay Grounded, and we all have a dream uh, a dream that's a big one, right? We, we know what it means to dream big, so how do we stay grounded in reality as we pursue those big dreams, and how does God fit into this? And so today we're going to look at this story that's found in 2 Kings chapter 3. That's in the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to, to open it up or go there on your Bible app to 2 Kings chapter 3. And we're going to read a story that's really, really, really kind of cool. Um, and here's this country called Moab. And Moab is this powerful country, and it's one of the enemies of the nations of Israel and Judah. And these are you know, God's people. Israel and Judah are considered to be the, the people of God. And the evil king of Ahab, who was, had been the king of Israel, um, he managed to become buddies with King Mesha of Moab. But then after Ahab died... Joram, Ahab's son, became the king of Israel, and King Mesha decided he didn't like Joram. So he started a war with Israel. And by the way, all this was happening because King Joram was leading the people away from God instead of closer to God, the same way his father, King Ahab, and mother, Queen Jezebel, had done before. And so that's kind of the backstory for what we're going to read today. So Second Kings 3 Beginning of verse 5, after Ahab's death, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram promptly mustered the army of Israel and marched from Samaria. On the way, he sent this message to, the, to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you join me in battle against him? And Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are one. My troops are your troops and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat asked, What route will we take? We will attack from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied, and the king of Edom and his troops joined them. And all three armies traveled along the roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days, but there was no water for the men or their animals. So pause right there at verse 9. And just say, get get this picture. There are three kings leading three armies to go against this one common enemy, this empire of Moab. And they are in this this route that they take, takes them through basically the wasteland or the desert, and there's no water. And for like seven days, they're out here with no water uh, to drink and, and anything. And so they find themselves there in this spot. Verse 10, what should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. 
But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Saphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, Yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and king, uh, the king of Edom went to consult with Elisha. Why are you coming to me, Elisha asked the king of Israel. Go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother. Now, previous to this, there's this whole, uh, I mean, it's a whole narrative of how King Ahab and Jezebel um, had these, these, these pagan prophets they they worshiped Baal they had you know they had these priests that um, that that kind of served them and they didn't serve and follow the Lord God Yahweh but King Joram of Israel said no for it was the Lord who called us three kings here he says it's the Lord it's Yahweh called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you, except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't even bother with you at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take a minute to consider your request here, but I have respect for King Jehoshaphat. Now, now, now bring me someone who can play the harp. This is what Elisha says. Bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. The dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord. But the, see, you're not going to see any rain. It's not going to happen. But this valley will be filled with water. You will have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and other animals. And this is is only a simple task, a simple thing for the Lord. This is only a simple thing for the Lord. And he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You will conquer the best of their towns, even the fortified ones. You will cut down all their good trees, stop up all their springs, and ruin all their good land with stones. In other words, you're going to get victory here. Here's our big idea. If you have a big dream... That you can accomplish, like on your own, your dream is too small. If you have a big dream, if you're, if you're living the dream, and you have a big dream that you can accomplish on your own, your dream is too small. Big dreams are born in the presence of God. Big dreams are born in the presence of God. This week is our, our uh, annual creative retreat um, where our, our leadership of Awakened Church and you know and we bring together some creative thinkers and we come together for a couple of evenings and we dream big about the coming year. As a matter of fact, the, probably the most I would say the most important nights, the most important days of 2022 are happening this week. And by the end of the second night, we'll come out of this with a good idea of where we're headed in 2020. And the key to this every year is is the presence of God. We go into this, like we go into this on, on the first night in prayer, confessing that we're not putting together a calendar and asking God to bless it. But the calendar that comes from this, what, what the next year will kind of begin to look like, will look like it does because of where God is leading us. See, big dreams are born in the presence of God. How much time do you spend in the presence of God? The kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom, they, they come together, and they come to Elisha for consultation for what they should do. And Elisha's first response is, why are you coming to me? You don't even believe in God. 
Go talk to those the, the, those false prophets. Go talk to the pagan prophets of your parents. Pretty harsh. And the kings say, no, it was the Lord. It was Yahweh who called us here to die. So Elisha tells them to bring him someone who can play the harp. The first thing the prophet asks for is music. The music of the harp here is a symbol of worship. Elisha says, if we're going to hear from God, we have to get into the presence of God. If we're going to hear from God, we have to get into the presence of God. Big dreams are born in the presence of God. Proverbs 29, 18 says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever, whoever obeys the law is joyful. You see, in the presence of God, you have clear vision and a clear track. And, and by following that, there is joy. There is joyful. So, so divine guidance means here that that you can see what God is doing like you can you can you you can follow where God is leading another word for this is vision if we have no vision from God we just wander in circles and and but but if we get into the presence of God we can follow divine guidance when we can't see we stumble all over ourselves see God wants to show you things in your life that's it God wants to show you things in your life there, there's stuff going on all the time all around us right and many times we get focused on all all the negative because there's there's things happening bad stuff is happening all around us and maybe even to us and God is trying to show you things in your life like like the three kings that come to elisha it's hard to see God at work when we're focused on the negative God wants to do something amazing even in the midst of the mess all around you the prayer is that you see God at work in the dreams that, that he's placed inside you. And, and, and this happens when you get in the presence of God. Now, here's another thing about, about big dreams, about living the dream. Big dreams gain traction through action. All right? I kind of feel like a preacher now. Big dreams tra- gain traction through action. See, I, I kind of feel like, I saw this meme and it was a, a guy with a stick and he's and he's and he's point he's like poking he's poking something at the stick but it's like it says me it's like me poking myself with the stick and he's saying come on do something he's like he's trying to get going he's trying to, he's like what happens here is I've got a big dream but it doesn't happen until I do something what action is God calling you to in the presence of God, Elisha gets an understanding of, of how God is leading them. The kings are the kings are worried about the king of Moab, right? And the fact that they have no water for themselves or the animals seems secondary. They're like, we're out here. We've got no water. We haven't had water for seven days. And we're going to get defeated by the king of Moab. But this is the first thing Elisha addresses. He says, the dry valley will be filled with water. You'll see neither wind nor rain, but you will have all the water you need. Literally, he tells them, dig ditches. That's what he's saying here. Like the water's going to come. It's not going to rain. And, and, and the water's going to come. Dig the ditches. Get ready. A word, for the, a word from the Lord. Grab a shovel and start digging ditches. The next morning they saw that the ditches they had dug began to fill with water. Water was flowing from the direction of the land of Edom. And soon there was water everywhere, it says. In order for God's vision to become reality, you have to do something. But we just want it to happen, right? We said, well, if it's God's will, if it's a vision from God, it should just happen. <laughs> if it's a big dream and it's from God, it should just happen. And God is saying, I'm going to bless you. 
I'm going to show you what I can do. But first, grab a shovel. Start digging ditches. See, big dreams gain traction through action. Joy, joy is the acceptance of the gift of guidance and taking steps to follow that guidance. Like that, that's where joy is. It's acceptance of the gift of guidance. Like there's God in God's presence. There is guidance. Living the dream is following the guidance, taking steps to follow that guidance that comes from God. The key here is recognizing it isn't just hard work that makes the dream work. It takes action. Grab a shovel. But it's not just hard work that makes the dream work. You and I need the presence of God working together with God and each other. Teamwork makes the dream work. Hard, it's not just hard work. You have to, it, hard work does pay off, but it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And if you have a big dream you can accomplish on your own, your dream is too small. And big dreams demand perseverance. If you're going to be living the dream, it's going to demand perseverance. Now, if you've been around a minute at all in 2021, you know that for Awakened Church, our word for the year has been perseverance. And this is what we kind of what, what will come out of this week, a, a word or a phrase or a theme or some a, a direction, a goal, something that, that, we, that we just we're going to settle on. And I don't have any idea what it is going into the, to our time together for our creative uh, retreat. But coming out of that, I already know God is going to give us a, a direction, a clear sign, a word for the next year. And he did that. He's done that every year since we've been together. In this past year, our, our word was perseverance, has been perseverance. And, and, and here's how we've been defining it. Becoming more like Jesus through the struggle. And we've been through the struggle. We're in the struggle. Perseverance is becoming more, not just getting through it, not just making it, but becoming more like Jesus through it all. How is, how is pursuing your big dream making you more like Jesus? I love this line from our story in Second Kings here. It's in verse 18. But this is only something, or this is only a simple thing for the Lord. This is only a simple thing for the Lord. He will make you victorious. Digging ditches in the desert, man, that's hard work. I don't, I've never experienced it, but I can just imagine. I've dug ditches, and I've been through the wastelands, <laughs> uh, you know, the badlands. I've been to the badlands, but I've never dug ditches in the badlands. I'm thinking digging ditches in the desert is hard work and probably seems pointless. Digging ditches isn't going to make the water appear in the desert. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord. Perseverance doesn't just mean keep digging. It means keep the faith. Keep trusting in the God who provides. Life is difficult, but hang in there because God is with you. Live out the God-honoring dreams that got to play, placed within you. Live out the God-honoring dreams that God has placed within you. And here's how we do this. Here's how you can live out the dreams that God has placed within you. First of all is solitude. Solitude, something we've talked about recently quite a bit. Get away from the noise. In our recent series, Hearing the Voice of God, we... We uh, we we said hey, you got to find your whispering spot. Like God is as close as a whisper. Remember uh, Elijah, who was Elisha's like uh, mentor. Elijah is gone out on the side of this mountain to meet with God, and he's like, "There's a storm, there's thunder, there's fire, and God is not in any of that. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the. He's not in the noise. He's in the whisper." 
there's a, there's a breeze. It's like a whisper. And God is as close as a whisper. Find a place and a time where you can spend a little time with God, uninterrupted, solitude. And I get it. This is difficult. We can, we can, we can say that it's hard every single week, but that doesn't take away the necessity to withdraw from the noise and get in the presence of God. We, we all want to become more like Jesus, we, we, right? And Jesus did this. Jesus withdrew from the crowds. He withdrew from the noise from time to time for solitude, to stay connected to God and the big dream. So live out God-honoring dreams that God has placed within you through solitude and through waiting. <laughs> Uh-oh. Who likes to wait? No one, right? I mean, really, tell, if you have kids, tell your kids to wait. And, and, and when they want something... I want this. Wait. And they don't like it. They, they want whatever it is, a toy, some money, a snack, your attention, right now. And we're the same. We're the same. Waiting has almost a negative stigma attached to it in our culture, where we want everything now, and we wear busyness as a, as a badge of honor. Don't buy into the lie that if you're busy, you're important. What do you do? What do you do when you meet someone, right? And someone you haven't seen them in a minute. And, and, and uh, hey, Steve, how you been? Busy, right? How you been? Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How's it going? Busy. How are things? Busy. I'm busy. Oh, busy, busy, busy. P- people don't even want to. Uh, you know, people who don't even do anything will answer busy. Oh, busy, so busy. Busy doing what? Oh, you know, just life. Busy. <laughs> Our mindset is. That there's something wrong with you if you're not busy. Try it. Try it out. Next time someone asks you how you're doing, say, bro, <laughs> I've been keeping it so chill lately. I mean, just relaxing, maxing and relaxing, enjoying life. See, I, I actually did. I didn't say that exactly, but this week I had a uh, parent teacher conference with my, my boys uh, teachers. And I went to, to the teacher and she actually had um, children that were in the school. And so she was at parent teacher conference as a parent for with her her kids' teachers, and I was waiting, and I was waiting a, a, a minute. I, mean, I waited probably fifteen minutes, and she came back and she says, "Oh, I'm so sorry that you had to wait and all this, and she, you know, I have to, two kids, and I had to meet with their, their both teachers." And I was like, "Hey, I get it. I try to pace myself so that I'm never in a hurry. As it doesn't always work, but you know, but but when I get in the line at Walmart or the grocery store, I try to. I'm trying to pace myself so I'm not in a hurry. When I'm, you know." When I'm going to a meeting, if I had to go in the doctor's office, I try to I try to be in a, in a in a space where I'm not so impatient because I have to wait. That waiting is okay. I try to be this way in traffic. I don't always get it right in traffic. Actually, I don't always get 100 percent every time. But I try to pace myself so that I can move at a relaxed pace instead of a busy, busy, busy pace. And she just looked at me like my head was going to spin around. And I was going to spew out some green pea soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> just maxing and relaxing you know that they, if you say this to somebody they're going to cover their babies and run away say stay away from us you freak here's the thing busyness is the enemy of fellowship busyness is the enemy of prayer busyness is the enemy of your worship psalm 62 1 says i wait quietly before god for my victory comes from him I wait quietly. I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from Him. So live out the God-honoring big dreams through solitude and waiting. And 
and Scripture. And Scripture. We may be looking for answers, and God is like, it's already in the book. Sometimes we're looking for a sign, and what we need is Scripture. Sometimes we think God is silent, and God's already like, he's already said what we need to hear. Spending time in Scripture strengthens you spiritually, strengthens you emotionally, strengthens you mentally. Scripture builds faith and trust in God. Scripture gives you the perseverance that big dreams demand. Scripture helps you move and become more like Jesus. You ever look at the clouds? <laughs> you ever look at the clouds and find shapes? I mean, I do it all the time. I'm kind of a, a kind of a, a, a dreamer guy. I look at the stars at night. I love looking at clouds during the day. Shelly, my wife, says she never sees the the you know the things the, the shapes in the clouds. I'm like, look, that is a hundred percent a dolphin. How can you not see the dolphin? She's like, I, all I see is clouds. She's like, where? Where? I don't see it. I'm like, I'm pointing. I'm like pointing. I'm like drawing. I'm like showing her the outline of my finger. She's like, it just looks like a cloud. And I'm like, it's a dolphin. And it's a you know it's a it's a dolphin jumping over a you know a, a coffee mug on top of a star. With a heart in the middle, I'm like, I see all these shapes. And she's like, I see clouds. (laughs) We're looking at the clouds, and and you may see something different than I do. We may see things differently in the clouds. But if you're not looking, you don't see anything. If you're not looking, you won't find it. If if you're not looking in Scripture, you're not going to find the dream. In order to be living the dream... The God honoring big dreams that God has placed within you. You have to be looking. And so uh, I want to wrap this up by giving you the, a challenge for some next steps here. Um, kind of take a cue here. The first thing Elisha did was call for music. It's the symbol of worship. I know worship isn't just music, but music is a big part of it. And maybe you have kind of what I've tended to do is just kind of drift from listening to worship music and listening to pop music and, and other things to get me through the day and my drive and those kind of things. Do this. Spend at least five minutes each day listening to some worship. Block out this time, your, your daily quiet time, and in that solitude, take that first five minutes and just listen to Listen to a nice classical piece for about five minutes. Listen to some worship music for, you know, that for about five minutes with your eyes closed and every other device off, everything off, everything like we're not going to get alerts then read scripture for 10 minutes and write down anything God shows you you see this is where we begin to partner with God in our big dreams because if you have a, if you have a big dream that you can accomplish on your own if you can accomplish it without God it's too small lord we confess we may have some dreams Big dreams for us, but they're too small because we've settled for what we can do. Lord, take us and awaken us to the big dreams you have for us. Maybe that means some of the same things we're already dreaming about, but Lord, things that we think and, and, and can accomplish on our own without your guidance, without your strength, without your direction. Lord, it, we have to question, Lord, is that really from you? Is that really God-honoring to pursue that dream that way. And maybe a better way would be to ask you for guidance, to spend some time with you and in Scripture. And uh, so we pray today, Lord, as we worship, you would show us the action that would allow our dreams to take action, and that we would pursue these dreams, the big dreams that you've 
put within us with perseverance, that we become more like Jesus through the struggle. This is living the dream. (laughs) It's living the dream. Lord, we thank you that in you, with you, we're living the dream. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.